Hello and welcome to Falter Ego episode five. Um, I hope you're all having a, a lovely time, which uh, possibly uh, isn't isn't a very easy thing to do at the moment because as we're going to chat about in this episode, um, obviously the, the situation, uh, and by situation I mean <laughs> invasion of uh, Ukraine is, is currently underway. Uh, the news is saturated with images of uh, fighter jets bombing places and, and people reporting from from the ground. Um, and yeah, it's it's very hard to feel like uh, it's very hard to feel like this isn't too much, as as some people would say, especially after you know um, after COVID and lockdowns. And it feels like we're sort of, especially in Australia, it feels like we're just emerging from all of that and then to be confronted by um yes this the this situation in ukraine i i i sympathize with people who say this just feels like too much but we are going to be talking about it and uh, we're going to be talking about useful i guess uh useful types of compassion and useful types of empathy and uh, and also that that reaction of yeah this is too much and uh, I'm exhausted by this and, oh, this is too much for me um, because I actually have uh, a certain amount of criticism of those sorts of responses, uh, which might sound a bit heartless um, <laughs> at the top of the episode. Maybe I should warm you into that <laughs> rather than, <laughs> are you affected by this? I'm going to criticize you um, in a very lovely, lovely way. You know, I'm, I'm a nice person, but, you know, it, it comes from a place of, you know, love, it comes from me wanting people to have a better time in their lives. Um, but yes, I, th- there is something about our collective reaction to this. And by collective, I usually mean online, um, that's not healthy and uh, not constructive and isn't going to get us anywhere. And yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode, which is yeah, useful types of compassion, useful types of sympathy, and uh, perhaps not making yourself the center of a geopolitical crisis that's not got nothing to do with you. All right, let's get into it. The first thing I want to touch on, and this will overlap and, and repeat some of what we talked about in episode two, but it seems, you know, this is now a, a current and very real, you know, good case study of what we were talking about in episode two, which is like how much news is good for you. Is, is the news good for us at all? Um, how much should you be consuming and where and when and all these all these sorts of things. So I, I think for me, one of the first and most immediately striking things about the the way we're uh, learning about what's going on in 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 Ukraine, what's so different about it uh, to me is just the the sheer quantity of information and the frequency with which we update our, working understanding of what's going on there so i i think you know just just as a, a quick example i think i've i've seen more footage of fighter jets bombing things and blowing things up in the last few days than i did in the entirety of uh the second iraq war um just because of the you know the ubiquity of smartphones um there are people on the ground TikToking about these events as they're happening. Um, and it's a lot. And of course, the impact on the individual um, 
isn't a good one. Uh, it seems somewhat paradoxical in a, in a podcast about you know thinking about others and not centering yourself to to start this off essentially by saying you actually do need to think about yourself, put yourself first. Um, but there's a there's a constructive reason for that, which is that you know uh, it, you can either be at home in your living room repeatedly, you know, as they say, doom scrolling. You know, going through Twitter trying to find the worst or most recent accounts of what's going on. Uh, you can either be doing that, you know, ten to twenty times a day, which I know some people are. Um, so you know, we're all very online at the moment, and it's hard to escape. And if if you're not, then your friend is posting something. But you're either doing that twenty times a day and ruining your mental health and being of absolutely no use whatsoever to the people in Ukraine. Um, or you can be reading the news once a day or even once every couple of days, staying just as across the general broad stroke um, and key events of what of what's happening and still be of absolutely no use to the people of Ukraine. So in, in one of those situations, you're an emotional wreck that's for some reason foisted upon themselves the necessity to be constantly stressed about something and in the second you know you're across the the events you're probably still feeling pretty negative but effectively you know your mental health and your general uh sort of energy as a human is going to just be a little bit better because remember we talked about in in episode two about the nocebo effect and how by constantly uh, digesting and processing and witnessing negative news stories, your inner kind of narrative about what humanity is and and your general perception of other human beings will, even if not consciously on a sub subconscious level, your faith in humanity just drops. And that does affect how you treat those around you, whether you like it or not. So now, you know, you've got a, you've got two choices. You've got a world where the, tr the crisis in Ukraine is unfolding and you're treating everyone around you 15% worse because you haven't slept. You're just in a bit of a limbic uh, fight or flight space. Uh, your general warmth and your, you know the, the energy of your, whatever you want to say, your heart, your soul is just a bit tainted. And so, you know, there's a ripple, a butterfly effect there of you just treating people around you ever so slightly more shittily than you otherwise would have. And then there's another situation where the crisis in Ukraine is unfolding and you're a source of warmth and joy to everybody around you. Um, which of those two is better? I, I would argue that, you know, as much as we don't want the crisis in Ukraine to be happening, you don't necessarily want to choose crisis plus people in Australia randomly being assholes to each other because they're that little bit more on edge because they've binged on like wall to wall 24 hour you know user generated content of a, of a war and I think there's a mistake happening here where we're somehow deceiving ourselves into thinking it's an act of service to somehow be constantly across these things 
where actually it's a disservice to you and those around you in a context where none of you were ever going to get involved in this in the first place anyway. So it's not like you're being, it's not like you could have helped and you've chosen not to. You, you cannot help and you're making life worse for you and everyone around you. This may sound callous, but it, it, it's true. It's, it's, it's almost as if, I mean, you're as, you, you're as able to affect the outcome over there as you are able to affect the outcome of World War II. And so it, it, imagine someone who every day spends hours scrolling through, you know, archives and content and reports from World War II. It's like, oh my God, I've just read about this other awful thing that happened. And they're just generally constantly in this strung out, sleep deprived state. And they, for whatever reason, they're going to bed and it's the last thing they read before going to bed. Just like we're doing at the moment with Ukraine. A lot of people before they go to bed, just... You know, just looking at the, that last bit of footage, that last clip that's come in just before you're supposed to be, you know, lying down and having a jolly good sleep. Um, you know, if somebody was just sort of essentially just self-immiserating by constantly going over World War Two, and therefore treating everyone around them a little bit worse, and then those people go on to treat people around them a little bit worse. You know, that's the sort of ripple effect. Um, and it's a form of karma, isn't it? It's like whatever you choose to digest informs who you are, which then affects how you treat those around you and so on and so on. You would call that person, you'd, you'd have an intervention. You'd say, look, I know you're interested in World War II, but you're making yourself and everyone around you sad and miserable and you're treating them badly and you are you are being ineffective as a as an empathetic caring human being because you're obsessing over this thing that you cannot affect the outcome of um so stop doing it it's the same as ukraine that you you are not performing an act of service to the pe- people over there by stressing yourself out for i don't for for i don't know what reason other than some misplaced belief that it, that it's somehow helping, that you're somehow being a good person. You, be, being a good citizen starts with taking care of yourself so that you can be a more effective, caring human being to those in your immediate vicinity. And from there, if everybody did that, I mean, the transformative effect of that on the planet would be huge. But anyway, that's that's my first, uh, the first point I wanted to make is that, that there there is this almost like, competitive and dare I say almost performative rush to just over consume and overexpose ourselves to all this information um, for the sake of being current and up to date because unfortunately I suppose that is the that's the pressure that social media puts on us is and that not just social media but the general world that the contemporary society puts on us is having to be across and having to be up to date with the latest thing. Um, and you know, that is not a paradigm that's based on any sort of scientific, you know, knowledge of that being of use or of benefit. It's simply something we do because that is the kind of tech technologically driven, um, cultural 
space that we we current we're currently in. But there's that there's absolutely that's so arbitrary. You know, we could just as easily have invented technology that updates you on the news once every year. Like the the fact that it's minute to minute is has not been chosen by a jury of professors and smart people who said, yeah, that's the best way to go about your day. That is, it's a byproduct of, you know, um, tech giants just wanting you on your phone all the time. Well, that's not, you know, that's not reason to do anything. So just to kind of summarize that, you know, you, you're, you're not going to be able to help people in Ukraine anyway, but you can help people around you. But so if, so if that is at least, if at least if that's on the table, choose that, but definitely don't choose being of no use to one group of people. And on top of that, being a ratty, tired, stressed, um, you know, unreliable part of your immediate community. And I suppose, you know, some people could say, well, but being aware of this helps to incite action, whether that's boycotting, I don't know, Russian products or going on a protest and stuff like that. And so, well, yeah, but why do you need, I, that, that, your argument doesn't quite make sense because you could read a newspaper on Monday knowing that Russia, what Russia is doing is wrong and, um, and, you know, get a decent summary of everything that's happened. And then you could read the newspaper again the following Monday and see that it's got worse and then notice that there's a protest going on and go, well, I think what they're doing is wrong and go to the protest. And, you know, so you've interacted with the news twice. Um, you know, the, there's no there's no reason or rationale, you know, instead of choosing that, choosing to read the news 600 times between Monday and Monday and completely depleting your, you know, mental fortitude and your general uh, likability and your capacity to be a decent person uh, to those around you. And you might, again, you know, we've, we've already covered this. You might think that reading the news doesn't affect you. I promise you it definitely does. And there's experiments which, you know, we talked about the nocebo effect and how your perception of the world around you affects how you treat people. So it's also a bit of an own goal of an argument, isn't it? Because you're sort of saying, well, I need to have read something, you know, 20 times a day to care about it. So, well, then you're not a very caring person, you know. <laughs> it's like, so if, if you require, like, what's your threshold? Uh, what, yeah, what is your, th yeah, what, what, you know, what is your threshold for caring? Because if it's like, well, I need to have read about the same story 60 times by, you know, doom scrolling on Twitter. I said, well, then clearly it takes quite a lot to, <laughs> to motivate you as a person. I only had to read that news story once to realize it was fucked. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what you're trying to say or prove by saying, oh, you know, by staying on Twitter, reading about you know, constant updates, watching the airstrike footage and the TikTok reporting from the ground and, and people hiding in their homes, you know, I'm just increasing my awareness and awareness helps people to act. It's like, well, then that's, but that's too much awareness. And again, I don't know why you're choosing to be of no use to the people in Ukraine and now also of no use to the people around you versus 
uh, being of no use to people in Ukraine, but being a positive force to those people around you. So it's, you know, you're, you're definitely choosing a course of action that in terms of like the human project, you are definitely, your impact on the human experience is, is, an, is a net negative, 100%. And that's also a handy distinction to make, which is somehow equating awareness with action. Like I'm, not, I'm not saying don't care about what's happening in Ukraine. I'm not saying ignore the news. I'm just saying don't like saturate yourself in it, you know? Like it's, you know, there's there's healthy and unhealthy amounts of anything. There's health, there's unhealthy amounts of things that otherwise at any other time would be extremely good for you in other quantities. You know, water is essential for you to live, but you can, you can drink enough water to get water poisoning. So even something that is like necessary for, for you to live can still, you know, take, can still be applied uh, in in a negative way, and and the news, you know, that's not even starting from a position of being necessary, um, but it, there's definitely a case to be made for, you know, that there's a healthy amount of it, and there's there's far too bloody much, and what I'm seeing at the moment, you know, like I said, I've seen more airstrikes in the past three days than I did in the entirety of the second Iraq war. It's 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 concerning. But moving on, even worse than just your general consumption of these sorts of events, like the next level is actually broadcasting the fact that you are overwhelmed by your own consumption of these events. And I'm seeing I'm seeing this a lot. There's a weird trend uh, again online, and you know, so why are you focusing on the online people so much? Well, because they're the people who strayed the furthest, so they're the ones who need the most help. But, you know, there's a lot, there's a habit online of saying you're exhausted by something that you're not directly affected by. And it's a new phenomenon, so I don't quite know how I feel about it. Um, and I could possibly be, uh, my opinion on this could possibly, I don't know, be viewed as, uh, I, I could, in, in retrospect, in the future, I could come across as a bit of an asshole for saying this, but I, I, I suspect it's not, um, I, there's something not right about it saying, oh my gosh, so exhausted by the news coming out of Ukraine. So I don't need to know about your exhaustion right now. I think that the, 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 the point, the, 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 the focal point of our concern at the moment, if you are going to be concerned about anything is, is the people in Ukraine and the people going through this, but now you've made yourself out to be a person who's also going through this through your own mass consumption of all this news. Like, oh, I'm so exhausted by the news. I, you know, I'm so stressed. Can anybody help me understand why someone would do this? It's like, um, it, we're not here to help you right now. And you've weirdly sort of centered yourself <laughs> as a victim of this crisis that in no way affects you. So it's it's an odd form of uh, it's it's the toxic v- friend, it's the toxic friend of compassion, because in your desire to seem like you care about something, you've made yourself sick, and then asked people to care about the fact that you willingly brought this on yourself again by over-consuming the news and over-investing in something 
rather than just, you know, just do the work, just, just write the letters, boycott the things, go to the protests, but don't then go on social media and demand everyone sort of sympathize with your self-inflicted like injury. Because now the problem is there's the crisis and there's your, there's now two things in the world that are bad, right? There is the crisis and there is your documentation, your, you documenting your reaction to the crisis, which is also negative because it's usually, oh, I'm exhausted and, oh, this is so stressed, guys. I don't know how I'm going to make it through the day. And so now you've doubled the amount of negative events, not in terms of scale, obviously. One of them is much worse. But there's now two things out there, whereas before there was one. Um, and it's of no use and it's drawing attention away because now I'm reading that instead of, you know, focusing on my own feelings about the situation or, or wondering what I can do. I'm like, oh, gosh, this there's this person who needs help. It's sort of like, you know, if there's a burning building and you're part of the fire rescue team, you know, turning up with all your water and stuff and there's someone in your way between you and the burning building saying, oh, it's so sad about the building. It's just, it's keeping me awake at night thinking about, yeah, but can, can you get out of the way, please? So I can spray water on the fucking flames. It's like you're in the way. You've, you've centered yourself and you've made yourself a, weirdly, you've made yourself a protagonist uh, of this crisis when it's got nothing to do with you because the event is the bad thing, but now you've added an extra bad thing on top of that. And I lack I lack the academic uh, nous and perspective and terminology to describe this, but to me, the, the way I would sort of diagnose it is it's, it's, a, it's a weird form of like, compassion that circles right back uh to victimhood it's almost like by being by caring about something you then deserve attention and it's like well the people you need to be directing attention to the people who do deserve compassion rather than your compassion being some sort of currency for that you can exchange for for sympathy you know, you don't have charity ads saying, you know, for just $5 a month, you can help this starving village. But for $10 a month, you can help the starving village and help the people who read too much about starving villages and are tweeting about how sad it makes them. It's like they're, they're, no money should go to those people. All right. They, they've, they have centered themselves and they've weirdly inserted themselves into the problem when they weren't part of the picture before. And these sorts of observations to me feel at home on this podcast because it is about ego. You know, there is a, unfortunately, um, I mean, lots of things, but social media more than anything else has, uh, has essentially taken something that you used to be private, which is our own inner sort of emotional landscape and turn that into a commodity. And so now it's, you know, broadcasting your reactions to a tragedy um, or how the tragedy is weighing on your mind, open brackets, even though you did that to yourself by overreading the news, close brackets. But, you know, it's, it's, it's become a, a way of getting attention. Um, and it's self-perpetuating as well because you because you do get yourself into a negative state, 
I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to invalidate that feeling. Like I, I, I do believe you probably feel awful right now and you have exhausted yourself and you feel you're in a shitty place. So that feeling is valid. Um, but to then broad, so the problem with feelings is that because they're yours, quote unquote, although we dealt with that in episode four, you know, there is no actual you and those feelings aren't technically yours. Uh, so that's get, get into stuck into episode four. If you want to, you know, um, figure out how to more healthily, uh, relate to your own emotions and stuff, but you know, because they are yours, um, and because social media does encourage us to broadcast these things, you you feel valid in wanting that attention because, like, no, I, I do genuinely need help um, for feeling this way. But unfortunately, it's it's sort of a not relevant and b kind of selfish because yeah, you do feel that way and it sucks. And obviously, when you do feel bad, you do want to let people know so they can help you. But the the fact that you've made yourself feel that way over something that's got absolutely nothing to do with you um, is it's a problem. It's a weird kind of pathological needy behavior that even, even when people are being bombed, you can still, we can still somehow manage to make that about ourselves and how it weighs on us. I, I would say, you know, at, the, at this point in, in human history, I, I think, it's probably appropriate to start describing certain people as having an allergy to the news. Um, some people just can't handle it, I think, and those people sh- shouldn't engage in it too much. You know, people have nut allergies. You know, people aren't suited to. You know, some people have vertigo. They're not suited to high, you know, high places. Some people have claustrophobia, so maybe they shouldn't go on a holiday in you know one of those japanese um pod hotels you know and some people aren't suited to the news if if you're going to fall down a rabbit hole of stress and make ukraine or whatever it is that's going on today about you and on top of the original event itself now add on top of that your confession of being exhausted, quote unquote, by what's going on in the world, then I, I would say you need to, like, you're not the person for it. I'm sorry, you're not the person for the news. And you need to give it up. Um, and I would say that's probably most of us, including myself. Um, the, the, an, an allergy to the news isn't a problem that's specific to a, a very small like subset of people. I, I think it's 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 in and it's endemic to humans in general. Like we shouldn't be consuming this amount of information. But again, this is all getting back to sort of episode two stuff. And and really what I wanted to the, the distinction I want to make for this episode is is merely the the uh the the nod to sympathy as some sort of excuse for broadcasting this stuff and again you know if something terrible is happening in the world somewhere else in the world the best thing you can do to counter that is be the opposite of that and that starts with yourself and it starts with the people around you and there's no no use um just 
there is no use just completely blowing yourself off course um, by overindulging in something that's making you stressed and anxious, even though you think there's a duty there to read about this stuff and that by not, I mean, this is the problem, isn't it? That by not reading it or by me saying you shouldn't be reading about this, that's the same as saying you shouldn't care um, and you should ignore these problems. That's that's not it. Um, it's merely saying you don't have to be in it 24-7, you know? Um, same as, you know, if you, if you burn your hand on the oven, put a Band-Aid on it and treat it, to, you know, pay attention to the problem. But don't then look at a photograph of that moment you burnt yourself every 20 minutes to remind yourself of it. Like, why do that? So do the things, you know, attend the protests, uh, write the letters, boycott the things, um, share resources on what people can do, but don't add to the mix another problem that in no way is helpful, okay? The solution to, you know, there being a certain amount of poison in the world is to not also poison yourself and everyone around you. And even doing nothing is actually a form of something. If you if you meditate on, if you do like a loving kindness meditation, you know, so you try and foster in yourself compassion for uh, yourself and everyone around you. Um, again, you, you, you will be countering that nocebo effect that the news can foster in us and be, you know, a more positive person. So, you know, Try and generate, try and think kindly about yourself, about people around you. Try and think kindly about the Russian soldiers. You know, they're 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 probably either under duress or completely brainwashed. Like those people are completely lost. They're completely lost. Um, they're in a delusion and they they live in an alternate reality. Uh, try and generate compassion for them. In short, and uh, I do want this to be a short episode because all the podcast episodes so far have been over an hour long, um, but there are some just little takeaways from this situation that I think are important and, and beneficial to all of us. The first is that even if something appears helpful, like staying informed, helpful things can actually uh, reach a certain quantity where they become dangerous or toxic, as per our example with water. You can drink this is, you know, something that's necessary to live, but you can actually poison yourself uh, by drinking too much. Staying informed and across current affairs might seem uh, a worthy pastime, but again, indulging in too much of it is actually bad for you. And worse than that, it's, it's actually bad for the people around you. In terms of how informed you are, if there is an indistinguishable sort of amount of knowledge you gain from reading the news once every five days and once every five minutes, then really there's no argument here that you know you shouldn't be shouldn't be uh exposing yourself to these sorts of images and stories uh on a on a rolling basis especially when as we've discussed previously there are negative consequences on your health and how you treat others around you so that's a no-brainer and again i just have to clarify here this is not the same as not caring okay um and whoever argues that Avoiding the news is a form of ignoring a problem. Um, they don't know what they're talking about. 
Um, and no, I'm not saying don't read the news. I'm just saying, you know, in an unfolding situation like this, you are just as well placed and just as well informed as, as somebody who's doom scrolling. Um, if you only check in on the news once every four days and, you know, you, you can, and there's also just the way the news presents itself. You know, you can read the sentence. There have been 20 airstrikes in the last three days. Or, so that's you That's you encountering the news once and in that one exposure contain, is contained the information. There have been 20 airstrikes. Or you can consume the news in real time and encounter the news 20 times, seeing each individual airstrike happen on somebody's, you know, live stream or Instagram live or whatever, or on videos popping up on Twitter. So in one situation, you get exposed to the news once and taken out of your day and taken out of the present moment and momentarily put into a negative headspace, which then has the ripple effect of on how you treat others around you. In the other situation, you've done this 20 times. Yet both situations result in you having absorbed the same amount of information. The second point is that if you are consuming all of this news, uh, well, first of all, don't confuse con consuming the news as a form of action. Um, that's you're not helping uh, again because of the effects on those around you and on your own uh, on your own mental state. Don't confuse reading the news as a form of action, and um, if. If, if you do feel compelled to read the news uh, as often as you are, first of all, I would question your motives. Um, there's possibly, if you're really deeply, deeply honest with yourself, an element of it which is egotistical, which is that I want to be as informed. Um, I want to be able to send that tweet about, I, I want to be seen as the source of information. I want to be seen as the go-to authority on this. There's a lot of people... <laughs> And maybe I spend too much time on Twitter. Maybe this is my problem. But um, I see a lot of people on Twitter trying to act as like a go-to source when they're, you know, a comedian or <laughs> like someone, I don't know, someone who has a podcast. But, they, you know, they're tweet tweeting, new images coming out of Ukraine now. I've just heard. What do you mean you've just heard? You're not, <laughs> you're not a journalist. You're not, you don't work for CNN or Fox or whatever. Like, why are you? positioning yourself as the person who's breaking this story. Again, when viewed through the prism of ego, all of this becomes rather uh, dispiriting because you realize people are essentially capitalizing on a disaster for attention because they see it as, a, as an opportunity as in, you know, it's sort of like an attention currency gold rush. Everyone's rushing to be the person who's relaying these facts to people it's like we've got the news to do that you, you don't need to be inserting yourself between me and a crisis the crisis is as informative as as it and and as compellingly horrible as it needs to be because it is the thing so i don't, I don't need you inserting yourself between me and that between me and reality just in the hope of, I don't know, gaining some news junkie followers or something. But anyway, if, if you are um, consuming the news at the rate that you are, don't then, if you're going to do that, that's already a problem, okay? Uh, and out of care for you, I would suggest please try to avoid it. But if you do feel compelled to do so, 
don't add to the mix by then reporting your own suffering as a result of being exposed to this news because you chose to do it, okay? It is a choice, right? You can read the news once every three days and be left just as much in the know as anybody else or you can read it, you can force yourself for whatever reason, probably addiction, to read it every you know 18 minutes. But what definitely isn't happening is that you're strapped into a chair in some clockwork orange style, eyes peeled, sort of cinema, cinema of horror being shown these news stories. Because if that were the situation, if you were somehow being forced to the news, um, I would then sympathize. I'd be like, oh my gosh, yeah, that must feel horrible. But when you're addicted, when we're, well, I think, when, when we're all addicted, when we're all reading it of our own volition, to then center ourselves by, you know, putting the back of our hand on our forehead and swooning in this sort of woe is me sort of performative, um, yeah, just display of suffering. It's like, oh, I can't handle it. Oh, my gosh. Please, you know, please send me dog pictures so I can get through today. It's like, well, don't, you read it. You, it wasn't a clockwork orange style situation. You, you forced yourself to read that. And now on top of the crisis, there's now this extra negative force in the world, this extra layer of uh, information around the issue. So you're, you're muddying the the real world experience of this problem you're adding more content to the you know i mean it makes it makes me feel really sad that there's a real life on the ground physical reality crisis unfolding but out of that is launched 20 million pieces of content that actually become the sort of sense data through which we perceive the problem not the actual real objective uh, experience itself it's almost like this it's almost like the war only exists through uh the perception of it not the it itself anyway that's all very confusing but you know i i remember you know there's just to use a very um non-related metaphor there's there's a bird called the osprey which i think lives in the uk i'm not sure if it lives elsewhere a close uh, a similar species would be like a sea eagle or something. Now they they hate it when it rains because the water droplets on the surface of the water mean they can't accurately pinpoint the location of fish, um, and so they'll dive into the water in the hope of catching something. And actually, that it was a mistake. Uh, on the other hand, fish on the other hand love it when it rains because it's you know they can swim a bit more carefree um, and not have to worry about being caught. I, I find this that is an apt metaphor for what's going on right now is, you know, I hate it when thousands and thousands of people put their emotional reactions or their spin on stuff or their take on an issue um, who aren't experts or in no way are across this information. Just putting all this stuff out there because that's the raindrops on the surface of this real event that I now can't really accurately 
either can't accurately triangulate what this what the crisis is because between me and it there's this swarm of content so in a weird sort of paradoxical way our over engagement with this problem has this sort of net impact of, of keeping us all uh, a degree of separation from the actual real events because there's now to I have to to get to the event to, if I want to you know search the hashtag or see what's going on um, I first got to like wade through or, or refresh my feed or whatever thousands of reactions like oh Vladimir Putin is just you know the word lad <laughs> like I don't need you to tweet that Vladimir Putin is evil invading the country did that for me <laughs> that, that that is the that is the sign that he's bad is the thing he did like, it's just the it's, in, it's interesting seeing people condemn him um as if there was some ambiguity around whether or not he's a bad man if some if if i'm seeing a murder in on the streets I don't need. I appreciate the the thought, but I don't need you coming up to me and going that murder over there. That's bad. That is. I know. I know it's bad because it's got the word murder in it, which we've all decided is uh, is pretty awful. So to go online and sort of grandstand, it's just I don't know. To me, it's just again. I I there's something going on there that is not, um, that is not pure of heart and i i would guess is an evolutionary hangover of um there being a certain social currency in highlighting threats you know so if you were the ape or the proto human on the plains and a bad guy comes over the horizon and you're the first one to spot it then there would be some sort of uh tribal or cultural uh, I guess currency that you get out of that because oh you saved the tribe thanks for pointing out the bad guy um, you're a hero and I think now the, once you throw dopamine into the mix and the tactile nature of social media and the, the how they've designed iPhones and stuff to be as addictive as pokey machines or fruit machines um, the com- it's utterly compelling and possibly irresistible to just not throw in your two cents. Oh, I think Vladimir Putin is the worst. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for pointing out that the man who's bombing places uh, is naughty. Yeah, get it. Because of the thing he did, right? So yeah, I would reduce the amount you're engaging with this unless it's in your professional interest to do so if you're a reporter or something obviously that's a different situation but if if we're just average people uh on social media and stuff there's just no need to engage with this as much as frequently as we are and especially when the images are so uh, are being generated so prolifically and so frequently um because you can get the same amount of information, you know, there have been 20 airstrikes without seeing 20 individual airstrikes. Don't listen to people who say, well, if, you know, oh, that podcast, he said, read the newsletter. He's just telling you not to care. That's not, that's, well, it's just not true. It's logically an unsound uh, assertion. 
but also, you know, you, you can care, you can care and look after yourself. Um, and there's, there's no reason to associate, um, drowning in news that harms you with caring for other people. And, you know, it is a cliche, but caring for others starts with caring for yourself and damaging yourself in this way isn't going to help anyone. And that applies to the Ukraine crisis as it does to any other unfolding uh, negative news story. If you care, act, you know, do something. And if you can't do something, that's okay. Um, you can meditate and be a source of well-being for yourself and those around you. And that in itself is uh, an equal and opposite reaction to, you know, unspeakable tragedy. It's to try and be a, a, a force of positivity in the world. But reading the news and then telling everyone how much you're reading the news and how sad you are about what's going on isn't action. And it it's raindrops on the surface of reality. Okay. And it's obfuscating what's going on and it's centering yourself uh, by getting us to focus on feelings that you didn't need to feel in the first place. You didn't need to read those news stories. You didn't need to subject yourself to this. You are not strapped into a chair like in Clockwork Orange. You chose to do this. Uh, cynically, I would suggest, you know, hoping for precisely the amount of tension you're generating by amplifying your own emotional reaction to the to the news so look up uh the loving kindness meditation if if you're wanting to do something for ukraine um and can't you can't you can't don't you don't have time to resource you know where your local where a protest is or uh how to boycott something or who to write to you know if you're a busy parent and your life is just an absolute uh mess at least you can do a loving kindness meditation and generate feelings of well-being and sympathy for yourself for those closest to you then to those who are somewhat neutral to you finally to people you hate and eventually to everything on earth every living thing on earth even inanimate objects and possibly at this time especially trying to generate empathy for both sides in the conflict because one side are, are victims of violence and the other side are victims of ideology and they're you know the russian soldiers are are lost human beings uh who deserve to be seen as yeah products of a a, a rather tragic story anyway would love to know what you thought about this um if you disagree uh, feel free to do so um but yeah and if you think that what I've been saying is of some use in these uh, times, then feel free to, you know, spread the word and share it around. And yes, always appreciate uh, support on Patreon as well, because uh, that will help me uh, make this less shambolic than it is. Um, but yes, I wish you all well and uh, hope you have a lovely week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>